We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Shevsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it in on the foul. What is up? And welcome to the uncontested podcast post-game edition where the Thunder don't call it a win streak. 102 to 99 over the Memphis Grizzlies for their second win in a row. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the official podcast of SI Thunder. Coming to you live from YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. If you're on the live stream tonight, thanks for joining. Jump in those comments. Drop me your questions, your comments, your your thoughts, your opinions. We'll get them all here on the show. If you listen to the podcast version of this, Thanks for checking out our show. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating. You can do that on Spotify now as well. So if you're a Spotify listener, go drop that five-star rating as well. Also, make sure you check out the episode we dropped last night, Sunday, December 19th, where we talked a little bit of trade talk for the Thunder. Christmas presents that Santa may give different Thunder players. It was a fun episode, so make sure you go check that one out. Let's talk about this game, folks. Once again, the Thunder are victorious in Memphis. Last time they were in Memphis, wasn't so nice. 73-point loss, the biggest loss in NBA history. They rectify that tonight. It helps whenever you have Josh Giddey, Lou Dort, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Kenrich Williams available to play, which the Thunder had tonight. That helps quite a bit. But, gotta say, the start of this game, the Thunder got down 12-2. to to begin the game, and I think a lot of Thunder fans were having some PTSD, very worried about, oh God, is it going to happen again? Thunder just looked very lethargic to start this game. Couldn't get anything going, uh, wasn't doing much at all, defensively kind of standing around, offensively not doing much of anything. The quarter, the first quarter ends 16-28 to 28 with Memphis on top. But then the Thunder turn the tides in the second half after getting, or the second quarter, I'm sorry, after getting down by as many as 16 with eight minutes to go in the second quarter, the Thunder turn it around, win that quarter 31 to 22. 
go in the, into the halftime breakdown just a hair, and then they will win the the second half as well. Third quarter was twenty seven to twenty two Thunder. Fourth quarter twenty eight to twenty seven Thunder. I thought after that first quarter, OKC really settled in defensively, played a really good game. Obviously, John Morant's first game back, you expect some rust. He was not great tonight by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Jaw's final stat line was, I'm trying to find it, 6 of 12. So 50% from the field, which is nice. 16 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, a block, 4 turnovers. I'd say he didn't do much. That's a lot. It just it didn't feel like Jaw really like popped tonight. But again, that's to be expected on the, his first game back. So uh, not a big deal there with Jaw. But besides that, the Thunder found a way to grit out another win. They built up a nine-point lead in the third quarter before it slipped there in the fourth. The Thunder actually got down a bit. But some tough defense at the end and two back-to-back plays that I think really set the tone for OKC um, moving forward. That That's just wonderful to see. First off, the, the defense to close the game I thought was great. But there was a play there with about a minute to go where Shea Gilgis-Alexander had the ball at the top of the key, had a defender in front of him. John Morant was trailing. Jaw tried to gamble for the steal. Shea evaded him. Jaw never got back in the picture, and Shea threw a beautiful little whip pass with his right hand to a Josh Giddy who was all alone under the basket, caught it for a layup, easy, easy bucket, two points. And then the out-of-bounds play there with about, what was that, like eight seconds left? where the Thunder are trying to inbound at the half-court line. Uh, Josh Giddy inbounding the ball, and Shea cuts back door, catches a pass, and is wide open for a layup. I don't know if that was just galaxy brain stuff by Mark Dagnall on the draw-up, if Memphis just miscommunicated, if it's a little bit of both. But the two plays that kind of won the game for the Thunder tonight were their best their two best players assisting each other to get easy baskets. And I think that is the theme for this post game for me tonight that I really want to dive into is this idea of how the Thunder passes the ball. So we're going to touch on that here again in a second. I'm going to talk about some individual players. Then I want to jump into this bigger theme of passing. So before we get there, let's talk about some players. Um, a new starting lineup again for the Thunder tonight they start Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy in the backcourt. Jeremiah Robinson-Earl slides down to the power forward position as Derek Favors slides in at center. Mark Dagnault said pregame that this was based on the Grizzlies playing a bigger lineup with Jaron Jackson Jr. at the four and Steven Adams at the five. The Thunder wanted to match that size. So that makes made sense. That made a lot of sense. Um Robinson Earl played 18 minutes. Favors played 16 minutes. Mike Muscala played 14 minutes. So a nice rotation, a good spread of the bigs tonight. So that I think that was was interesting, especially Darius Baisley coming off the bench, which I think is going to be a mainstay at this point. Um, playing some some five off the bench, especially when the Memphis Grizzlies go small and play Jaron Jackson Jr. at the five. I thought. It was a solid matchup for Darius Baisley. Um, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. So the the starting lineup, I think, played played just fine. Lou Dort 
struggled tonight offensively, four of 15 from the field, three of 11 from three. Uh, wasn't finishing like we've grown accustomed to him finishing. Still ended with 13.6 rebounds and assists, a steal and a block. Um, was a plus 13 on the night. Uh, I thought Lou's offensive game, he was just off tonight, but I thought he still made up for it in other areas. Uh, Robinson Earl did not shoot much, only two of four from the field, one of two from three, five rebounds and an assist. A few rookie mistakes from him tonight. That's something that that you can live with, though. He's young. Derek Favors had a fairly productive night. Six points on seven shots. That's not great. Um, but five rebounds and assists, a steal, and a block for him as well. Uh, just kind of made his presence felt with a very physical Steven Adams tonight, even though Steven just feasted on the glass, especially in the first half. Adams ended the night with 14 rebounds, but he had 12 of those in the first quarter. Uh, he really, really got going. Shea Gilgis-Alexander tonight. 23 points, five rebounds, four assists, three steals, only one turnover. Um, eight of 19 from the field, 42%. Oh, of five from three did get to the free throw line eight times. And then in my determination, player of the night, Josh Giddy, 19 points, 11 assists, five rebounds. The only eyesore for Giddy tonight is two of six from the free throw line. You would hope that that number goes up because Josh actually shot really well from three tonight. He was three of eight from three and was not afraid to fire them up. You love to see that. I'm very happy about that. He's just got to hit his free throws and the stroke looks good at the free throw line. They just rattled out. So hopefully um, he can, he can course correct that, but just an incredible play or incredible game, incredible play from Josh tonight, as far as just continually setting his teammates up using his body. He is so unique at 6'8", 220, and only 19 years old. I mean, he scored from the three-point line tonight. He had some layups tonight. He had one play where he went down into the post and did like almost like a Hakeem dream shake, uh, switched hands and hit like a little baby hook. Didn't see that coming from him at all. Uh, had a really fun defensive play on Jaron Jackson Jr. where, I mean, Josh is almost the same size as Jaron. Jaron tried to post him up, and Josh just pulled out the chair because he knew Jaron wanted to get physical and bang him down low. Uh, Josh just stepped out of the way and let the dude travel. So really, really, really solid game from Josh. Uh, I thought he was he was really, really well tonight. Just has to clean up those free throws. Besides that, great game from Josh. And it's interesting. Josh Giddy just does what you need him to do each night. Against the Clippers... He needed a rebound, so he pulled in 18 boards. Tonight, he needed to be more of an off, an offensive centerpiece, so he scored 19 points and dished out 11 assists uh, and only had five rebounds. So whatever he needs to do for the team night by night, he can kind of fill that role. He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, Swiss, ar- Swiss army knife type of player. And that's something you love to see. You love to see from a 19-year-old that's already that well-versed. It's only going to get better. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Big fan, big fan. Let's look at the bench real quick as well. Darius Baisley leads the the bench mob in minutes tonight, just barely. Uh, he had 23 and a half minutes, four of seven from the field, one of three from three, 10 points, seven rebounds, four blocks, which is impressive. He had one on Jaron Jackson Jr. at the rim. Very impressive. He had one on John Morant on a floater. Really impressive. He came in and he was basically was the spark plug offensively in the first half. Uh, he had five of the Thunder's first seven points doing simple stuff. But then just like me eating chocolate cake, he just can't help himself. He's got to take a little bit more. That's where he got himself in trouble tonight. And that I think it was that third quarter. He decided he wanted to do that double jab step drive spin move. And when he spun, he realized uh, record scratch, freeze frame. So I'm sure you're wondering how I ended up here as he just kind of throws the ball over the back of his head, gets bailed out by a blocking call, goes to the free throw line. But on that play, the most frustrating part was as soon as he took one step off the dribble, the, the defender in the help corner that was guarding Jeremiah Robinson Earl had rotated over. And so Baisley had a wide open kick out pass to the corner for a wide open three and instead decided to take it on his own. And this is what I'm talking about whenever we do these uncontested shows. And I talk about Baisley just not being able to read the game at a high enough level, um, not having the high basketball IQ. That's where it's at. You had the simple play and instead he went with the difficult route and it ended up really, really bad for him. So some good, some bad from Baisley. I think he seems more confident off the bench, a little more loose off the bench, 
not as much expected from him off the bench. And maybe that's his role. And, and I think that's fine. Uh, Joseph in the chat says Bays did well, but had some horrible offensive plays. Uh, I agree. Other bench players tonight, uh, Poku, 21 minutes. Uh, he had three points, five rebounds, two assists. He was only one of three from the floor, a block and a turnover. I thought Poku did some really nice stuff tonight, guys. Um, didn't shoot a whole bunch, but just kind of made plays happen, ran guys off the three-point line, utilized his length defensively. And I thought because of that, he got rewarded with minutes. I thought it was interesting that he almost had the same amount of minutes as Baisley. Um, I know things are so in flux as far as minutes and rotation with this team, but it's going to be interesting to monitor moving forward. Uh, Poku's played a couple of G League games. Now he's getting a little more comfortable in the NBA. Um, I mean, we all know, we all have high hopes for Poku. We hope he works out. We hope uh, he reaches his ceiling. I thought tonight was a step in the right direction. I just thought he played well tonight. Um, the broadcast kept talking about him being predictable, uh, and that's how they want him to play, is to be a predictable player. I think predictable is the wrong word. I think they mean consistent. They want him to be consistent in what he does. You don't want him to be predictable because the name of Poku's game is unpredictability. I mean, he had that play tonight where he kind of lost the ball, regathered it, and a one move threw a behind-the-back pass to a shooter in the corner. Um drives to the basket, takes those long strides, gets up in the air, and then drops off these crazy passes. That unpredictability is what makes Poku special. You want him to be unpredictable. You don't want him to be um, inconsistent. And I think that's there's a big difference there. Big difference there. Uh, Trey Mann tonight um, didn't give us much of a show. Only one of three from the floor, 13 minutes. Kenrich Williams continues just to be an absolute bright spot. He had 13 points tonight on five of six shooting, uh, racked up three rebounds and assist and a steal. He's good. Nick, Nick from the podcast mentioned him to me tonight. He said, Kenrich Williams is kind of like a poor man's Jimmy Butler. And it makes sense. The size, the, the defensive intensity, the mid range pull up, that kind of do it all, can ball handle, can spot up, can screen, can roll, can defend, can rebound. Guy's special. I actually have some uh, some national um, some national media guys um, in my DMs tonight asking me uh, opinions on Kenrich trade destinations and, and what the Thunder would want back. And I told them, like, the Thunder love this guy. They love the tone he sets. He's like the carrier of the culture. He might get traded because I think he's going to be a very hot commodity come trade deadline time. But he's been very special. I think the Thunder love, love Kenrich Williams. Uh, Aaron Wiggins, just some spot minutes tonight. And then Mike Muscala, only one three, but six of six from the free throw line. Got fouled twice on three-point shots once late in the game to really help the Thunder get this win. Uh, Nine points and a team and game high, plus 17 in the plus minus for Kenrich Williams. Uh, so some very, very nice stuff there. All right. With that being said, I want to circle the wagons back to the front of the show where I said that my big theme tonight was passing. And I wanted to talk about that tonight. Josh Giddy, 11 assists tonight. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, four assists. Um, every person that that played minutes tonight, with the exception of Mike Muscala, had an assist. 
And the two most important passes of the game tonight came late, late, late in the fourth quarter in crunch time when Shea, I mentioned it earlier, had that righty whip pass around his defender to a wide open Josh Giddy in the paint for a dunk. And then Giddy on the set out of bounds play to, to a wide open cutting Shea for a dunk. Sorry, the Giddy one was a layup, not a dunk. The two most important passes of the night led to wide open looks underneath the basket that were just, I mean, these guys can make them with their eyes closed and one hand tied behind their back. Very easy points. And that's the whole idea. And I think that's what the Thunder, we, we, we talk a lot about how this new era, quote unquote, new era of Thunder basketball, um, it seems like Presti is targeting guys that have good basketball skill and high IQ and less so the crazy freak athletes that have low skill. It seemed like back in the day, their thought process was let's get the top 1% athletes and try to teach them basketball skills and develop those where now it's almost like the thunder are trying to go for high skill, high IQ players um, and winning the mental battle of the game. And I think that's fascinating. I think that's an interesting strategy for team building. Uh, I, I love it personally, but the whole idea of having guys that have high basketball IQ and good skill and are especially are good passers is the idea of getting easy buckets. And I think you saw that from the Thunder a lot tonight, primarily point in case exhibit a those two passes at the end of the game. The idea is to get easy baskets and make the game simpler. Make it easier for you. Don't make it more difficult. Sometimes Shea frustrates me a bit because it seems this season he is making the game more difficult for himself. There were a couple of times tonight where Shea Gilgis-Alexander would isolate and then would come off a screen and would have his man beat and would instead pull it back out and then take like a step back three. And while the step back threes are fun and they're exciting, when they go in, Shea was 0-5 tonight. That's making the game more difficult. And I feel like the, the design of this team and what Sam Presti envisions this team moving forward is having a team that makes the game easier for themselves. That's why the Baisley half spin, throw the ball over his head play is so frustrating to me because he had a very simple pass to the corner for a wide open three. Josh Giddy does this a lot. He makes the game easier for people because for some players, the hard part is creating separation. Trey Mann is a great example of this. Doing all these dribble moves, these step backs, these crossovers, creating space, and then hitting the shot. Giddy is making the game easier for others. It's like the pass is the hardest part. He's manipulating the defense, creating a, 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 a pass that gets a guy an open shot. And I think that is the idea behind the design of this team. And you see steps going towards that. Them being willing to give up the ball in crunch time and make those passes is a good sign of that. Shea in the Toronto game, driving into a crowd of people, pivoting and kicking out to a wide open Muscala for a wide open three to win the game. That's the type of basketball that I think this team is designed to play. And it makes the game easier. I love Russell Westbrook to death. 
in that Toronto game, Russ doesn't drive in and and kick that thing out to Muscala. Tonight, after Russ beats the double team in the steal attempt, he doesn't whip a pass down low to a wide open guy for a layup. He tries to drive in or he tries to, to shoot a three. They need to make the game easier, and I think that's where they're getting at. One of the, the biggest parts of that is Shea and Josh being able to play together. Uh, Shea still does a lot of standing off the ball. I, I want to see him be more involved off ball, moving, cutting, screening, etc. I think that can make the game a lot easier for Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and that would be awesome. Um, you look at like guys like Lou Dort, who are either attacking closeouts and shooting layups or shooting open threes. They just need to make the game easier for themselves. And I think the pass is what does that. That's the whole idea of passing the basketball is to get easier looks and make the game simpler for you. And I think the Thunder took a step in the right direction with that tonight. And it'll only get better whenever they uh, hopefully land a top three pick in this upcoming draft. Hopefully that makes things a little bit easier. Speaking of the draft, quick tank update. The Thunder... um, are now uh, in sole possession of the fifth worst record in the NBA. Um, Houston and New Orleans at 10 and 21 are tied. The Thunder at 10 and 19. So the Thunder would have to lose their next two in a row to get to 10 and 21 and tie Houston and New Orleans. Uh, Good news is Houston is five and five in their last, um, their last 10. New Orleans is five and five in their last 10. They are both uh, streaking, uh, streaking, at least playing good basketball. Thunder are four and six in their last 10, uh, but have won two straight. So we will see if if that trend continues. Well, guys, since we just dropped the podcast for you last night, uh, I don't want to overwhelm your podcast apps. So we will get out of here at about 23 minutes. Hey, thanks for joining tonight as the Thunder won their second in a row against the Memphis Grizzlies, 102-99 off some very crisp execution to end the game. You love to see it. We will be back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Back with you again Wednesday.